As I, I said before, I'm Father Sean. I'm actually visiting from Ohio, which might lead to a question, what in the world are you doing here? And fair enough. So 13 years ago, my older brother got a job when he graduated from college down in the area. And then he met his, uh, his now wife and they had kids. And then four years, late, or four years ago, my parents decided they would move down near their favorite son. So... Um, <laughs> My, so my parents and my, uh, my brother, my sister-in-law and their kids are parishioners here. Actually, my nephew is serving, so that's pretty exciting. So, um, uh, sorry if I embarrassed you. Uh, but it, it brings back so many great memories about, about family, about different interactions that family members have. And one that, that comes to mind and is always one that's kind of a, a great memory is the first time my sister-in-law came to visit our family in Ohio. We had met her one time when we were visiting my brother down here, but she came up and my, uh, my mom gave me the role of picking them up from the airport. So I drove to the airport, picked them up, and of course on the way home had to stop by the donut shop because my brother's a cop. And actually, I really wanted donuts. It was, my, it was on me. But, but when we got back to the house, my, my mom had laid out on the, the dining room table a bunch of photo albums of family pictures, of awards that my brother had won because she wanted to show off her son, right? So his, at that time, girlfriend comes in, and so my mom's just doing what a mom does, and she's showing off the awards or this haircut or whatever it was because she was, she was proud of her son. And I think of that image often when I think about the Blessed Virgin Mary. Because when you you think about Mary's own relationship with Jesus and what she wants to do for us, at at the end of the day, all that she ever wants to do is to show us her son. That she wants to basically show off whatever it is that Jesus did. Whether she wants to tell the story of his birth in Bethlehem, or whether she wants to say what it was like to be at the wedding feast at Cana, or whether standing beneath the foot of the cross, what that was like. And that's the experience of the Blessed Virgin Mary, is that she wants to share with us her son. And not just in kind of telling stories and kind of fond reminiscing, but when we, when, we, uh, when we hear what Mary did after they found Jesus in the temple when he was 12 years old, we hear that Mary pondered all of these things, the losing of her son. She pondered these things in her heart. And so Mary stored up these things. She's meditated on the life of her son. And what she wants to do is she wants to share that with us. And in so many ways, that's what it is when we pray the rosary. And yesterday, October 7th, is always the feast of the Holy Rosary and how that falls on October 7th and why that happened 500 years ago or just under 500 years ago is a great story in the history of Western civilization, one that I don't have time for now, but an incredible story. And, but in the rosary, you think about it, we pray these Hail Marys. But we meditate on the mysteries of the life of Jesus Christ. We meditate on the Annunciation, or we meditate on the, the, the Last Supper, or the, the agony in the garden, whatever it is. We ask Mary to share with us her son. We ask Mary to show us who her son is, or to show us her own ponderings of her son's life. Because who knows a son better than his own mother? And who knows Jesus better than the Blessed Virgin Mary? So it's as if each Hail Mary, we're asking Mary to show us this mystery of her son's life, to introduce us in, her deep, in a deeper way to her son, to teach us the gospel in so many ways. The mother, Mary, teaches us 
about the Son, Jesus, and the Gospel. And in the Gospel that we have today, we get a little nutshell of Jesus' life. We get a little nutshell of the whole story of salvation, really. And it starts with this vineyard, and the vineyard actually came up in the first reading. In the first reading, we hear about this landowner who prepares his vineyard, right? He digs the trench. He makes sure it's fertile ground. He builds a tower to make sure they can look out to see if any enemies are coming to steal the grapes. So the landowner takes so much time in the vineyard. But if you remember in the responsorial psalm, we sang the verse, the vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. So the vineyard is actually an image for the people. So the Lord... God the Father is the landowner who takes all of this time to care for us, the vineyard, to care for us as people. And then in the the gospel, this image goes even deeper in this parable that Jesus gives. By then, the vintage time is near, and so the landowner sends his servants. He sends three of them at first, and it's kind of like the Lord sending the prophets to care for his people. He sends the prophets to to teach. He sends the prophets to 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 proclaim the word of God. But unfortunately, what happens? Well, with the prophets, they ignore them. And some of them, they beat them, they kill them, they imprison them. In the the gospel we heard, but the tenants, they seized one, they beat another, and they stoned the third. Beat, killed, and stoned. And then the landowner gives them another shot, and he sends even more servants to get the grapes. And so he sends them again, and the same exact thing happens to them. And then he gets another idea, and he says, they'll respect my son. To which you want to respond, no, they won't. These people are wicked. They're not going to respect your son, Lord. What are you doing? And of course, you see the goodness of the father in this. That God the Father wants to even give another chance, wants to give another opportunity, and even thinks the best of his people to say, well, they're still good people. They'll respect my son. And you can imagine maybe what the son thinks. The son is kind of walking back to this vineyard thinking like, this isn't going to end well. Like, there's no way this ends with me going back with grapes to my dad. And so he goes and they kill him too. And this is the story of Jesus, who the father sends and the son willingly says, "Okay, dad, I'll go. I know this is how it's going to end. It's not going to be pretty, but I will go because you love me, because you sent me. And I want them to I want the vineyard to grow also. And that's the story of the gospel. That's the good news that we get. That God loves so much his vineyard that he sends his son to try to harvest as much as he can. And they don't treat him well. But of course, the good news is that the sun still rises from the dead. And so that's the story that we hear all the time in the gospel. It's constantly the story of Jesus Christ is this incredible story of salvation. And of course, it's the story, it's the life, it's the love that Mary wants to teach us about her son. Every time that we pray the rosary, every time that we get to come to Mass or we get to just say a Hail Mary, whatever it is, that's what Mary wants to show us, her son. And even the very center of that prayer, the Hail Mary, is the name Jesus. The very kind of crux, the hinge of that from one part to the next is the name of Jesus, who's really the center of it all. And so maybe as we continue this great month of October, We maybe pray the rosary with a little bit more vigor, 
or maybe we pick it up for the first time or after setting it down for decades, that we get to pick it up and maybe pray it on the way into work or with our families in the evening or even just sporadically throughout the day to pray a decade here or there whenever time allows. But we just give Mary a shot to show us her son, that we give Mary, who loves her son so much and cares so much for us, to give us an opportunity to get to know Jesus, to get to know all of the moments of his life through a mother's eyes, because all Mary ever wants to do is introduce us and show us her son, Jesus Christ.